This episode is brought to you by our sponsors and by listeners like you on Patreon. Bomba's vision is simple. Make the most comfortable clothes ever and match every item sold with an equal item donated. So when you buy Bombas, you are also giving to someone in need. Bombas has designed their socks, shirts, and underwear to be the clothes you can't wait to put on every day. The Webb family over here has used them, and we love them. They're comfy, fun-looking, and come in family packs, which is awesome. I've never seen that before. I use my Bombas socks when I go on runs, and they're extremely comfortable. Everything they make is soft, seamless, tagless, and has a cozy feel. And the Bombas t-shirts are made with thoughtful design features like invisible seams, soft fabrics, and perfect waist so they hang just right. And did you know that socks, underwear, and t-shirts are the three most requested clothing items at homeless shelters? That's why Bombas donates one for every item you buy. So far, Bombas customers like you have helped donate over 50 million items of essential clothing. Go to bombas.com slash purple rocket and get 20% off your first purchase. That's B-O-M-B-A-S dot com slash purple rocket for 20% off. Bombas.com slash purple rocket. Parents, school's out, summer's here, and the kids are back at home with a lot of free time. Go wild with wonder this summer without school. Enroll in a fun, flexible learning experience with over 140,000 online classes and camps for every kid with any interest. Look, as a fellow parent, I get the pressure of finding something engaging and useful for our kids to do over the summer break. OutSchool can help keep them engaged and their minds stimulating their imaginations firing. They offer every kind of class you can imagine, from entrepreneurship to freestyle dancing to art, even magic lessons. There's something for kids of all ages, grades, and interests. We homeschool in the web house, and we plan to get Aurora and Cohen signed up with some out-school activities to keep them engaged in a fun way and help them explore their talents and maybe discover some new ones. Out-school will have your kids loving to learn and having fun doing it. Head over to outschool.com slash purple rocket and use code purple rocket to learn all about out-school summer programs and save $15 on your child's first class. That's O-U-T-S-C-H-O-O-L dot com slash purple rocket to save $15 on your child's first class. Outschool.com slash purple rocket code purple rocket. And don't forget, parents, supporting our sponsors is a great way to support this podcast. And now, back to our show. Hey, Rocketeers, this is your host, Greg Webb. We have a very special treat for you this Halloween. I have invited Kitty Feldy, the host of the Book Club for Kids podcast, to help me tell this story. If you haven't heard of the Book Club for Kids podcast, you're missing out. It's an amazing show where kids talk about books. You can find it wherever you get your podcasts or visit bookclubforkids.org. I'm especially excited for Kitty to be here for this episode because today's story is all about, spoiler alert, reading. Speaking of reading, Kitty has a new book out called Welcome to Washington, Fina Mendoza, and is coming out real soon with a brand new podcast to go with it called The Fina Mendoza Mysteries. I'll include a link to the website in the show notes. Kitty has brought along a couple of her friends to help tell today's story. 
Monica, India, and Mika will voice some of our characters, and they star in the upcoming Fina Mendoza mysteries. So without further ado, let's get into our story. The Purple Rocket Podcast presents... Life. Episode 22, Winston's Book of Wizardry. Ah, my back, my back, cried Winston's little sister, Maggie. Winston came running up to her. Are you okay? What happened? Maggie sat up straight and smiled. Just practicing my door approach, she said, checking her costume in the mirror. The more convincing I am, the more candy I'll get. She was dressed like a grandma, practically swimming in an old floral dress she'd found laying around in the attic. She was wearing fake pearls that hung down to her hips, a gray wig, and big, round glasses. She'd even added wrinkles to her face by drawing sloppy lines around her cheeks and eyes using her mom's eyeliner. Winston shook his head. You take Halloween way too seriously. I take eating candy way too seriously, Maggie corrected. What are you going as, Santa Claus? Winston tugged on his fake gray beard. Are you serious? Clearly I'm a wizard. See, I even have the wand. He swished around a crooked stick he'd grabbed from the backyard. Pathetic, Maggie said, rolling her eyes. She smacked her lips at the mirror to make sure she'd gotten the hot pink lipstick right. Not all wizards have beards, you know. What's pathetic is me having to take you trick-or-treating again, Winston snapped back. I should be charging you a candy tax for holding me back. Oh, please, we both know my cuteness gets you double what you'd normally get. Maggie twirled her dress and was quite pleased with the effect in the mirror. Trick-or-treat, she said in a strained older voice. Are you almost done? The guys are waiting for us. Maggie scowled at him. Let them wait. Go read a book or something. I hate reading. See? Maggie held up a finger with a ring pop on it. If you'd read a book every once in a while, you'd actually know something about wizards. You can learn anything from a book, you know. You should check out Barry Cotter. It's all about wizards and magic. I actually think you'd like it. Yeah, no. Just hurry up. I'll be waiting in the living room. Winston left Maggie to practice her hobbling walk and went to sit on the couch. The living room was all decked out for Halloween. Fake spider webs full of little plastic spiders stretched across the fireplace mantle. Toy bats hung from the ceiling fan and a cardboard cutout of a goofy-looking Frankenstein waited to greet the guests by the front door. Next to Winston, on the bookshelf, sat a thick brown book with a picture of a boy wizard flying on a broomstick on the cover. He glanced both ways and then opened it. Barry Cotter, please, he mumbled to himself, cracking the book open. A shimmer of blue light flickered across the page. Whack! Winston slammed the book shut and stared at it, eyes wide. 
Winston! Maggie called from the other room. Yeah? Winston replied without pulling his gaze from the book. Do you think Grandpa would let me borrow his scooter if I promised not to crash it again? Sure. Hesitantly, Winston reopened the book. Shimmers of blue light streaked across the pages in glittering waves. Whoa, he breathed. Suddenly, the pages started flipping and the blue light grew brighter and brighter. Soon the pages were flipping so fast that Winston's beard and hair were being whipped back. Maggie, your books! Shoo! He closed his eyes as a flash of blue light filled the room and clunk! Winston opened his eyes to find himself sitting in a little rowboat. The boat rocked in the water after he landed on one of the seats. It was nighttime, and the inky water around him reflected the flickering light of a lantern hanging on a pole out in front of the boat. Catching his breath, Winston glanced around and noticed more small boats paddling alongside his, all full of kids wearing robes. You almost look as scared as me, came a voice next to him. Winston turned with a start and saw a red-headed boy in robes sitting next to him. Mom says Pigwarts is nothing to be afraid of, the boy continued, but I hear the castle's full of ghosts and trolls and stuff. What's with the beard? Winston finally snapped out of his daze and realized the boy was talking to him. This? It's just a Halloween costume. He pulled the beard off and tossed it aside. Probably a good idea to be rid of it, the boy said, giving him a sharp look. Don't want Professor Bumblefloor to think he's got competition. The name's Don Easley. The red-headed boy held out a hand. Winston shook it. I'm... he started to say, but Don's gasp interrupted him. I know who you are. What you're... He lowered his voice. Barry Cotter. I'd recognize that famous chipped tooth anywhere. Was it really caused by you-know-who? Winston thumbed his chipped front tooth, confused. He'd gotten it playing soccer a couple years ago. Someone had kicked the ball in his face while he wasn't paying attention. It made him famous for at least a week at school, but that was it. This was different. Who did this kid think he was? Who was Barry Cotter? Where was he? Before he could find out, the boats came to a stop. As they bumped into the dock, Winston looked up and saw an enormous castle stretching up from the shore. Tall towers and archways glowed under torchlight. Stone gargoyles guarded the roof's corners and seemed to watch Winston as he moved. And for a split second, Winston could swear he heard his name being called in the wind. I'm going crazy, Winston said, stumbling out of the boat. Or you're crazy! He nodded back at Dawn. I'm not Barry Cotter. My name's Winston. The mere mention of the name Barry Cotter sent an excited chatter through the docking boats around him. Before he could get far, every eye was on him. It's Barry Cotter, said one of the girls. Do you really think he's the one from the prophecy? Said another. Could he really defeat you know who? Hello, Barry came a booming voice. Glad to see you made it. A giant man that was more hair than man walked out of the shadows. Winston yelled at the sight of him and ran in the other direction. Ugh! 
He was grabbed by the giant man's humongous hand. Hold on there, Barry. I've got strict orders from Professor Bumblefloor to keep you all together. Pigwarts received a threat that you-know-who plans to attack the school on Halloween night. Can't just let you go running off, you understand? The big man noticed the stunned silence around him. He turned to see the petrified faces of all the first-year students gaping at him. Shouldn't have said that. Come along, dinner's waiting. The giant man led the horrified students, who huddled together like penguins, up a rocky trail and into the castle. Once they were inside, a grand stone staircase led them up into the main hall. As they walked, Winston noticed that all the characters in the paintings on the walls were moving. He jumped back as a mosaic painting of a green dragon came alive and roared at him. A few steps ahead of the students, an armored knight statue came alive and saluted them. What was this place? Was he in a dream? And who was this you-know-who that was supposed to attack the school? Wait a minute, this is a school? This place was way bigger than his school back home, and far stranger. They passed countless more oddities and reached the end of the hall where a stern old witch was waiting for them. Welcome to Pigwards, she said with a smile. I am Professor MacDonald. I will be taking you around the school for your first few days. I hope you all had a safe journey aboard the Pigwarts Express. No doubt you've eaten enough sweets to make a troll sick. Your bags are being unloaded and stored in your dormitories as we speak, so don't fret. Tonight... We have something very special in store for you. After our commencement feast, you will all get to have a magical slumber party in the dining hall along with the rest of the students. Professor Bumblefloor thought it would be a fun way to initiate our first years. The giant man next to her cleared his throat. <clears throat> um, yes, Hagrid? I already told them, Professor, he mumbled, struggling to look up from the ground. Told them that you know who will be here any minute and will likely kill... And that'll be all, Hagrid, thank you, Professor MacDonald said sharply. I can take it from here. She nodded to the giant, who bowed to her before lumbering back down the hall. Professor MacDonald shook her head and led the terrified students into the dining room beyond the doors. Winston's jaw dropped. Impossibly long tables filled the immense room. Jack-o'-lanterns floated through the air, and the ceiling somehow magically displayed the stormy night sky above. Lightning flashed, and the kids screamed. All is well, students. Nothing to fear said a tall, gray-bearded wizard at the end of the room. Hagrid told them. Professor MacDonald sighed as she strolled up to him. Of course he did. The wizard clapped his hands together. All right, then. I am Professor Bumblefloor, headmaster here at Pigwart's School of Witchcraft and Wizardry. On behalf of our entire staff, I extend my warmest welcome. As he spoke, rain fell from the enchanted ceiling and bats fluttered out of dark corners. 
Let's just eat, shall we? As you all know, thanks to Shagrit, security at the school will be tighter than usual tonight. So no one is allowed to leave this room until further notice. Professor Bumblefloor took his seat and the students followed suit, scrambling nervously to the open chairs. As Winston turned to find a seat, he bumped into someone. A pale, greasy man in dark robes scowled down at him. His stink eye twitched in disgust. What were you going, Cotter? The man practically spat out the name. Wouldn't want you to bump into you-know-who on your first night here, would we? I guess not, Winston replied weakly. Tell me, the man hissed. What do you get when you cross pigweed with three pinches of gobblestone, hmm? Winston shrugged. What happens when you mix seven and a half drops of cricket blood with the nose hair of a gimp trogglebottom? I have no idea. I don't make a habit of picking the nose hairs of trogglebottoms. Some of the students snickered behind him, and the man whirled around to give them a menacing look. I'll be waiting for you to screw up, Cotter. He looked Winston up and down as if observing a giant pimple. It won't take long, I think. And with a whip of his black robes, he stormed off. Winston caught his breath and sat down. Don't mind him. Everyone knows Professor Grape is more bark than bite, said the girl next to him. She had a mess of long brown hair and freckles. Stink stew and gloafer, she added. What? Those are the answers to the questions Grape just asked you. Oh, never mind. Where are my manners? My name's Herblimey. Winston shook her hand. Herblimey hesitated and then said, Not to pry, but have you thought about how you might confront Lord Walmart? I wouldn't say that name if I were you, Don interjected as he took a seat next to them. It'll bring you loads of trouble. Dad says just speaking the name could turn you into a wart. Don't be ridiculous, Herblimey said. I just said the name. Does it look like I've turned into a wart? Don looked at her offended. Maybe it takes time? Winston shook his head. Who says I have to face Lord Walm... You know who. Herblimey checked to see if he was being serious. Honestly, Barry, don't you read? Winston shifted uncomfortably. The prophecy, Herblimey explained. Everyone knows the Barry Cotter and his famous chipped tooth is foretold to face off against you-know-who. The fact that he's threatened to attack the school tonight would imply that he's coming for you and you are to defeat him. Seems obvious to me. Come on, Barry, don't be modest. You're a legend, Don said, taking a loud, crunchy bite of his chocolate apple. But how am I supposed to defeat him? Winston wondered aloud. Herblimey shrugged. <sighs> Spells, I suppose. Rotten luck he decided to face you on your first night here. Rotten luck, indeed. Winston stared down at the table, horrified. How was he supposed to take on Lord Walmort if he didn't know any spells? Did he have any time to learn a spell? He thought about what his sister Maggie had told him back at the house. You can learn anything from a book. He got an idea. Does P 
Pigwarts have a library? He asked hopefully. Her blimey smirked. One of the best. I'd live in it if I could, but Professor McDonald says it's too cold and dusty to house students. But I wouldn't mind. Anyway, you'll find it by going up the main staircase, turn at the Caroling Goblins painting, climb two more sets of shifting stairs, and turn right down the hall. Then you'll come to a bench where an old cat always sleeps. Turn left and you'll see it. A tall wooden door with a plaque above that that reads, Library. You can't miss it. Is that all? Don asked sarcastically. You sure you don't have to climb on the roof somewhere along the way? Her blimey shot him a nasty look. Look, Barry, Don said. I don't know how you think you're going to go waltzing out of here with the professors guarding the doors. I say you just stay here with us and enjoy your last meal. Who knows? Maybe we can fight you-know-who off with food. Winston wasn't listening to him. He was looking around the room for a way out when he noticed something on the table in front of him. It was a napkin. But no ordinary napkin. This napkin blended in with the table under it. It was nearly invisible. Quick, hand me all your napkins, Winston whispered to the kids around him. Confused, the kids all handed over their napkins. To the bewilderment of everyone around him, Winston dipped his hand in a glass of cider and started wiping it all over himself. Once he was good and sticky, he began pressing the invisible napkins all over. Pretty soon, he was completely covered and invisible. Wicked, Don said, admiring the trick. He peeled one of the napkins up to reveal Winston's eye underneath. It looked like there was an eyeball floating in the air. Stop! Winston swatted his hand away and fixed the napkin. I'll be back. Don't tell anyone where I'm going. Dawn and her blimey nodded, and Winston tiptoed to the dining hall door, pulled it open with a creak, and slipped out. Winston had a bear of a time trying to remember her blimey's ridiculous directions. But somehow, after a few wrong turns, and a couple encounters with some painfully obnoxious paintings, he found it. Still hidden under his napkins, he snuck into the library and passed the librarian, who stared goggle-eyed at a floating ear before returning to her work. Some of the napkins were starting to fall off, and Winston's face was beginning to reveal itself. Quickly, he ducked behind a bookshelf and then started quietly searching for a book that might help him. The first book to catch his attention was an old dusty one with a green leather cover. He grabbed it off the tall shelf and opened it. Ferocious Beasts of the Jungle, read the title. The pages shimmered under his fingers, and Winston fell headfirst into the open book and landed hard in a jungle fern. He emerged from the shrub with a few leaves sticking out of his hair and looked around. Insects buzzed in the hot, humid air. Exotic birds sang from the dense tree canopies overhead and trees as thick as dinosaur legs towered over him, covered in moss and flowering vines. A deep purring sound made him freeze. Carefully, he swiveled around to see a leopard crouching in the fern a few feet away, staring at him with its yellow eyes and licking its lips. Nice kitty, Winston whispered. Knees shaking, he slowly backed away from the wild cat. That's it. Stay right there. The leopard roared and jumped at him, fangs bared. Ah! 
Winston jumped and found himself back in the dark, musty library. He slammed the book shut, threw it back on the shelf, and moved on to the next one. The Battling Brotherhood and the Eight Seals of Tribulon, read the title. Now this sounded more helpful. A few battle tactics might come in handy. He cracked it open, the pages shimmered, and shoom! Winston was standing on a grassy battlefield. Knights in armor charged each other all around him, clashing swords, shooting arrows, and smashing into each other's shields. Winston ducked and barely dodged a swinging mace. Clunk! He held up his book just in time to block an overhead chop of a sword. Blimey! shouted the attacking warrior. Winston cowered. Get me out, get me out, get me out! The chaos of battle was replaced by silence. He was back in the library, still wincing and holding the book up like a shield. He quickly threw it back on the shelf as if it carried the plague, then opened a few more. Shoo! A princess was leaning in to plant a kiss on him. Grrr! Shoo! A dwarf tap-danced on top of a bar. What the? Shoo! Pirates fought on the slippery deck of a ship. One of them knocked him overboard into the gaping mouth of a giant breaching whale. Winston slammed the book shut and panted. <sighs> he couldn't keep doing this. How was he going to find what he was looking for? There had to be at least a million books in here. Just when he was about to give up and go hide in a broom closet covered in invisible napkins, he saw it. A book titled, The Only Spell You'll Ever Need to Defeat the Dark Lord. Hmm, that sounds strangely specific. He opened it. Shoo! He was standing in an arena. Before him was Professor McDonald, wearing her witch's hat and holding her wand out in attacking position. Professor McDonald? You wrote this book? I did indeed, Mr. Carter. Now, we haven't much time, so listen carefully. Hold out your wand, like so. Winston pulled out his crooked stick and held it out. Good. Now, I want you to think of something really powerful. Then give it a flick and say, Paul DeRosso! Winston tried to think of something powerful. He imagined Godzilla stomping through a city. Then, with a flick of his wand, shouted, Poderoso! The end of his wand fizzled like a dying firecracker. Think of something real and powerful, Cotter, Professor McDonald coached. Winston closed his eyes and thought some more. He cycled through his memories, but stopped on one peculiar option. He remembered what his sister had said about books and reflected on all of the experiences he had just had being pulled into the books in the library. He thought about the very book he was living now, how real everything felt. That was powerful. He held the thought and flicked his wrist. Poderoso! he shouted. Light flashed from the end of his wand and a thick streak of green lightning shot out of it. Deflecto! Professor McDonald shouted, conjuring a yellow shield of light that blocked the green bolt of lightning. As the bolt faded, she smiled. You're ready. Winston emerged from the book, full of excitement, his heart racing. 
Outside the library, he could hear the panic shouts of students. Without wasting another second, he ran for the dining hall. What the blazes? The librarian fell back in her chair, seeing a floating head fly by her desk. Back in the dining hall, a cloaked figure was shooting red lightning from a wand at the students, who were hiding behind tipped tables. Some professors tried to fight back by casting various spells with their wands, but they were easily deflected by the cloaked figure. The man's maniacal laugh was interrupted by the sound of the dining hall doors slamming shut. Standing just inside them was Winston, wand in hand, the last of the invisible napkins falling at his feet. Trick or treat, he said, holding up his wand. Lightning flashed in the cloudy ceiling overhead, and the students whispered excitedly to one another. Ah, Barry Cotter at last, said the man. Lord Walmart, Winston growled. Chuckling, Lord Walmart pulled back his cloak to reveal a scaly bald head. I've been waiting for you to show up. I was starting to think you were going to leave your fellow classmates to die. Hopeless, the lot of them. I came for you. I see you still have that chipped tooth I gave you. You know they have ways of fixing those sorts of things. Maybe I like it, Winston said. It adds character. I suppose it does. It won't be the only thing broken when I'm through with you. He twirled his gnarled black wand in his hand. Your legend ends here, Barry Cotter! He aimed his wand at Winston and shouted, Kadabra! A blazing red bolt of lightning flashed from the wand and ripped through the room. Poderoso! Winston shouted. Green lightning cracked from his wand and intercepted the red bolt. The two colors sparked against each other in violent flashes in the middle of the room. Green and red sparks sprayed out of the colliding bolts. Floating jack-o'-lanterns exploded from the blast. Above them, the storm in the ceiling grew stronger. Thunder rumbled in the room and flashes of lightning lit up the clouds. Lord Walmart pushed all the dark magic he had into his wand. Winston focused harder on his experience in the book, the powerful feelings it provoked. Poderoso! He shouted again. In a blinding flash of light, the green lightning surged through the red bolt, split Lord Walmart's wand, and... No! Poof! Turned the Dark Lord to dust. The room fell silent as the cloud of dust dissipated and the stormy clouds in the ceiling parted, revealing a beautiful blanket of stars. All at once, the room erupted in applause. He did it! The Dark Lord's gone! Someone cheered. They ran out from behind the tables and hugged Winston. They lifted him up and carried him through the dining hall. Professor Bumblefloor took the stage and shouted over the crowd. Outstanding! Never have I seen such courage! I thought it would take far more time to vanquish the Dark Lord, perhaps defeating him one piece at a time over several years. But no! You've done it, Barry! And as a reward, a billion points will go to Sniffendor! The crowd cheered even louder as a big trophy was passed to Winston, who held it up triumphantly. He met eyes with Professor MacDonald, 
who sat against the far wall with her arms folded, smiling. She shot him a wink. Barry, Barry, the students chanted. Barry, Barry, Winston. Winston. Huh? Winston, Maggie said, shaking his shoulder. Winston shook his head and looked around. He was back at home, sitting on the living room couch with the book Barry Cotter open on his lap. He looked up at his sister who held a big bag overflowing with candy. You're still sitting here? His sister said in amazement. She looked down at the book. Told you it was good. Winston stared back down at the book wide-eyed. But I'm Barry Cotter. Maggie laughed. (laughs) I know it almost feels like it, right? Winston looked back up at his sister. I missed trick-or-treating? I tried getting you to come, but you ignored me, so I left. Winston vaguely remembered the mysterious shouts of his name back at Pigwarts. Don't worry, his sister said, plopping down on the couch next to him. I've got plenty to share. She held out her bag to reveal a treasure trove of candy. She dumped some of it out between them, forming a mound of suckers, chocolate peanut butter cups, and sour candies. Maggie smiled and nodded to the book. Read it to me. Winston grinned and opened the book. Together, they read the adventures of Barry Cotter late into that Halloween night, pausing only to take a bite of candy. Again, big thank you to Kitty Feldy and her friends India, Monica, and Mika for helping tell this story. You guys did an amazing job. And don't forget, Rocketeers, to check out the Book Club for Kids podcast and Kitty's new book, Welcome to Washington, Fina Mendoza, and the new podcast series to go along with it, The Fina Mendoza Mysteries. You'll find the links in the show notes. Rocketeers, reading is so, so important. And like the episode illustrates, it's powerful. It can transport you to other worlds and other places and make you feel things. My six-year-old daughter, Aurora, right now is learning how to read, and it's so cool seeing her read these pages by herself and to experience the magic of jumping into another world. And I hope she develops a love for reading and holds on to it, because that wasn't always the case for me. When I was in elementary school, I developed a love for reading thanks to a number of great teachers, but one teacher specifically helped spark that passion for reading, and it was Mrs. Biggs, my fourth grade teacher. This woman was amazing. In fact, I want to dedicate this episode to Mrs. Biggs because she really taught me that reading is magical. We read books like Summer of the Monkeys, I Think Where the Red Fern Grows. I went on to read books like Hatchet and just experiencing these incredible worlds thanks to her and she made it exciting and fun i mean this woman made quilts for her students at christmas time mrs biggs if you're out there you're incredible i'm so grateful for your hard work and for inspiring your students to read more 
my mom also was really good at this. In fact, in case you didn't catch it, this whole episode was kind of a spoof of Harry Potter. I did that on purpose because Harry Potter was one of those books I was really getting into, and my mom helped read it with me and create that magic. But I remember I got to that fourth book, Goblet of Fire, and I started reading it. I got 20 pages in. I must have been 10 years old, and I looked at how much more I had to go, and I got intimidated. I thought, there's no way I'm ever going to finish this book. I'm going to be an old man with a beard by the time I finish this book. And so I put it down, and I didn't pick it back up, and I never finished the Harry Potter series. And for years after that, I struggled to rekindle that passion for reading, and it's been a fight. Even to now, I'm still trying to build back up that love for reading, and it really is a magical thing. And guess what? I'm reading Harry Potter now. I still might be old and gray by the time I finish it, but I'm going to do it. Rocketeers, work hard at learning to read, and once you're able to do it on your own, find books that inspire you, that transport you to places that you want to visit. Pirate books, princess books, spaceship books. Find stories that interest you and dive into them. I promise you, you won't regret it, and it's going to make you sharper and more creative if you do. Rocketeers, you're awesome. Keep reading. And don't forget to tune in next time. This is your host, Greg Webb.